you know, it's not Karachi, this is not East Pakistan, this is not India, this is not Ireland, this is never records, this is never records, this is never records. And certainly me. In the crash, in, in the booth with never records. With 13 minutes. Across the ocean, from New York to Liverpool to Derry, we are the ones who believe that through joy we can forever live. Thank you, Never Records. I'm sorry I touched your microphone. <laughs> You are not listening to Never Records on Converge Radio 99.9 FM. Welcome to episode 113 of Never Records Radio. My name is Ted Riederer, and I'm an artist and musician who lives and works in New York City. From the Mississippi to the River Jordan and back to the East River, I've recorded musicians, historians, poets. Anyone who wants to cut a vinyl record for free in my conceptual art project, Never Records. The Never Records archive continues to grow. To this date, there are over 500 recordings from more than 10 cities around the world. 2020 marks the 10th anniversary of Never Records, and from January through March of this year, I was very fortunate to celebrate this anniversary by mounting Never Records at the Brooklyn Academy of Music's Rudin Family Gallery. Let me describe this next recording to you. As you've probably heard me say before, Never Records is not about music. Sure, music is often the currency of sound, but I'm much more interested in the fellowship of recording and the teaching of the transcendental science of record cutting. To this end, Never Records is really a scripted performance by me in which I lead participants on a guided meditation of sound. Some of my favorite Never Records tracks aren't songs. The architect, Elvis Achapole in Kansas City giving directions to the prairie. The cosmologist, Paul Malone, giving a lecture about the electric universe in London. B.J. Nilsson's piezoelectric recording of the lathe cutting itself. The evening call to prayer recorded at the ruins of a citadel in the center of Amman, to name a few. Today, we're going to focus on poets. And we're going to begin with Brooklyn poets. My cousin Katie Didden, who is an accomplished poet, who we'll hear from another time, recommended her friend and fellow poet Jason Koo to Never Records. Jason is the executive director of a nonprofit organization called Brooklyn Poets, whose mission is to celebrate the poets, poetry, and literary heritage of Brooklyn, the birthplace of American poetry, they claim. Their website states, if you believe, as we do, that with the publication of Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass in 1855, American poetry was born. Then Brooklyn, where the book was published by the Rome Brothers Print Shop on Old Fulton Street, is where that took place. Jason brought Jessica Greenbaum to his Never Record session, and we recorded both poets reading a selection of Brooklyn's specific poetry. In the interest of cramming as many poems in today's episode as possible, going to play their entire session uninterrupted. Here are Brooklyn Poets, recorded live at Never Records BAM on February 15th, 
2020. My name is Jessica Greenbaum. I'm going to read three poems about Brooklyn. Little White Truck. Because the white truck traveling the span of the Williamsburg Bridge could be the white fastener traveling the top of a Ziploc bag, the East River and tugs might be contained without spilling in today's October light, along with this new spray of trees and picnic tables, which appeared when the industrial tide of Williamsburg went out. If these could be contained, then likewise the two cyclists, now dismounted and steadying their bikes as they kiss, and surely it could hold the music they heard last night eddying again around their thoughts, and the memory of their first idea of the future, loosed when he held her in a doorway lit by cobwebs of spring rain. One block from the Navy Yard. Every now and again, fortune turns a corner, and there dally the first dandelion flowers where the jail was raised. And on the stoops across the street, sit families who moved in when they could only afford the divvied, shy of true brownstones with a rented view of the five-story immigration and naturalization services prison. And now they can see straight through the lot over the tops of the dandelions already white and blowing right and left to a street like theirs where residents have also put up window boxes for the first time, as if both sides had shied from spiking an inmate's sense of drowning luck by sending up perennials in the sight line of her cell, but now sit beneath blue, red, and gold blooms with an open gaze, talking before dinner. Food Truck Manifesto. In the pro column, chalk up the new respect for food trucks, our latter-day push carts and covered wagons in a circle around Grand Army Plaza on Sundays, carrying dosas, Korean tacos, and lobster rolls for the new world. Each day, like you, I tally the good against the violence, against the hell-bent and faith-based, against the determined ruination of the planet's billions-year-old systems, against the low odds of middle-class luxuries for those whose stardust predicted difficulty, as though there really was a corrective math, an answer at the bottom of the page, a proof, a balance, looked for every day in the trains, the jostle of strangers, how glad we are the tired woman finds a seat. The kindergartner can hold his mother's hand. The boy with his messenger bike has an egg sandwich to begin his day. And why can't this stand for everything? Why can't the line around the block on the free night at the museum stand for everything? Why can't the shriek of the girls in summer waves through which we can still see the shells be the call and response of all people living on the earth. This is the title poem from Dennis Nurkski's book, A Night in Brooklyn. 
We undid a button, turned out the light, and in that narrow bed, we built the great city. Water towers, cisterns, hot asphalt roofs, parks, septic tanks, arterial roads, Canarsie, the intricate channels, the seacoast, underwater mountains, bluffs, islands, the next continent, using only the palms of our hands and the tips of our tongues. Next, we made darkness itself. By then, it was time for daybreak, and we closed our eyes until the sun rose, and we had to take it all to pieces, for there could be only one Brooklyn. I'm Jason Koo, a poet, founder and executive director of Brooklyn Poets, and I'm going to read a couple poems about Brooklyn. This is a poem by the great Audre Lorde, who immortalized Brighton Beach. Cables to Rage, or I've been talking on the street corner a hell of a long time. This is how I came to be loved, by loving myself, loveless. One day I slipped in the snowy gutter of Brighton Beach and the booted feet passing me by and the curb squished my laundry ticket into the slush. And I thought, oh, fuck it now. I'll never get my clean sheet and cried bitter tears into the snow under my cheek in that gutter in Brighton Beach, Brooklyn, where I was living because it was cheap. In a furnished room with cooking privileges, and there was an old thrown-away mama who lived down the hall, a yenta who sat all day long in our common kitchen weeping because her children made her live with a schwarze. And while she wept, she drank up all my cream soda every day before I came home. Then she sat and watched me watching my chicken feet stewing on the Fridays when I got paid. And she taught me to boil old corn in the husk to make it taste green and fresh. There were not many pleasures in that winter, and I loved cream soda. There were not many people in that winter, and I came to hate that old woman. The winter I got fat on stale corn on the cob and chicken foot stew, and the day before Christmas, having no presents to wrap, I poured two ounces of Nux Vomica into a bottle of cream soda and listened to the old lady puke all night long. When spring came, I crossed the river again, moving up in the world six and a half stories, and one day on the corner of 8th Street across from Wanamaker's, which had burned down while I was away in Brooklyn, where I caught the bus for work every day, a bus driver slowed down at the bus stop one morning, I was late, it was raining, and my jacket was soaked, and then speeded past without stopping when he saw my face. I have been given other doses of truth, that particular form of annihilation. Shot through by the cold eye of the way things are, baby, and left for dead on a hundred streets of this city, but oh, that Captain Marvel glance brushing up against my skull like a steel bar and passing, and my heart withered sheets in the gutter, passing, passing booted feet and bus drivers and old yentas and Brighton Beach kitchens. Shit, said the king, and the whole court strained, 
passing me out as an ill-tempered wind lashing around the corner of 125th Street and Lenox. This is a poem I wrote about living in Brooklyn Heights, Brooklyn literary history, gentrification, and most importantly, hash browns. It's called Morning, Motherfucker. Just pop the collar of my robe in this motherfucker, i.e. kitchen, as I make some sweet-ass hash browns. Is that the start of a poem? It's barely the start of breakfast. Noon light comes streaming through the window. Is that the start of a poem? My landlady, what a word, just told me to be out of here by July 1st. At first I wrote, just told me to be out of her. Slightly different poem. The millionaire's buying her brownstone, milling past me as I crank this up in my robe at this motherfucker, i.e. dining table, wondering if it could indeed be a poem, demand it. I'm gonna squat right here in this kitchen, i.e. motherfucker, with my million dollar syntax and hash browns and make those motherfuckers mill around me for life. I'll miss this motherfucking beautiful neighborhood of Whitman and Auden and Crane and Mailer and McCullers and Miller and Miller and Smith and Wolf and motherfucker, how many more writers could live in these brownstones? How many more ampersands could live in contemporary poetry? Now there are probably no writers here except me. Oh, and little known former poet laureate of America, Phil Levine on Willow Street and fellow Asian-American male poet Ken Chen, also on Willow Street. I wonder if they too pop the collars of their robes as they make some sweet-ass hash browns. Mailer surely popped the collar of his robe. He probably put on boxing gloves to take his hash browns out of the oven. Heart Crane I can't see ever making, let alone eating, hash browns. Just too much cranium to contain in one kitchen. Whitman couldn't have eaten just one hash brown or two. He had to be making whole schools of hash browns. 40,000 hash browns forked with 40,000 motherforking forks. He would have written about all the potato fields they came from. Sunsets over the cool brown earth that made their beds. Henry Miller likely would have fucked his hash browns. Auden would have had his hash browns at an appropriate time scheduled into the morning. Last night I talked about that motherfucker's face. What a motherfucking poet's face. Was Auden ever young? Did he come out of his mother's vagina already wrinkled? Imagine that vagina. Auden's face like a hash brown out of that vagina. I'm feeling better in spring in this motherfucking beautiful light. I'm dancing in this motherfucker, i.e. kitchen, as I flip these hash browns and think I can start to begin to forget you someday. You are not listening to Never Records.
That was Jessica Greenbaum and Jason Koo from Brooklyn Poets, recorded live on February 15, 2020. I'm so happy Jessica and Jason came in to record. While the past dozen episodes of Brooklyn Sounds have painted a beautiful portrait of New York, adding poetry to the repertoire illuminates this capture of time and place in such lyrical and essential ways. I hope Jason forgives me for editing the curses from his final poem. It's a wonderfully poignant piece, even with the swear words bleeped out. It's a primer of sorts, as it takes us on a tour of well-known Brooklyn poets. For all the aspiring poets listening to this broadcast, if you don't know Brooklyn Poets, you should. When you visit brooklynpoets.org, you'll read, Over the years, Brooklyn has served as home to and inspired some of the most original and influential poets on the world stage. From Whitman, Hart Crane, Marianne Moore, and June Jordan in the American tradition, to expatriate masters such as W.H. Auden and Joseph Brodsky, visiting visionaries such as Vladimir Mayakovsky and Federico Garcia Lorca, and hip-hop pioneers such as Big Daddy Kane, MCA, Guru, Diggable Planets, Biggie Smalls, Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, Most Deaf, Talib Quelly, and Jay-Z. Let me describe this next recording to you. I love that Brooklyn Poets acknowledges hip-hop artists as historical poets, because hip-hop is such an important part of New York's poetry scene. Whether you think of the origins of slam poetry at the New Yorican Cafe, or the originators of hip-hop, the last poets. Halix C. Armageddon is well-known in underground hip-hop circles as one of the members of the late 90s all-female hip-hop collective Anomalies. But she's reinvented herself as a performance poet. Over the last five years, I've watched her consistently enrapture and enthrall audiences, which often involve elaborate costumes and props. A friend of mine, I just knew she had to make a never record. Here is Helix performing her poem, James Baldwin, recorded live at Never Records BAM on February 2nd, 2020. James Baldwin talked about doing his part. He left from Paris with the goal of documenting the spark of revolution in the civil rights movement through artful expression of words and voice See, my choice is the same. It's a different time, same challenges, the same call to action needs the same brave analysis. Map the calluses. Pressure points to all the imbalances that aggravate my thalamus. And now I just ponder what it means to be free. Explore the work of Gordon Matter, Clark and Anarchy. Texture thoughts are matter. Waves in theta, bold conjectures magnify oppressors, so now I'm just angry. Tabulating civil wars, civil costs, civil laws, frankly, wars on every front, which one to choose? I choose the ones that hold significance against my views. The news is hostile, full of fake apostles, Rembrandts with titillating Neolithic gospels. Aren't we past that, what, the stone ages? I guess not, history repeats itself in stages. Watch the cadence and watch the sadists. Watch the cadence and watch the sadists. 
Watch the cadence and watch the sadist. Watch the cadence and watch the sadist. Faded to flashbacks, label it hazmat. Normalize the horrors, makes you pause instead of clap back. Distraction is a means to keep us standing still. Study celebrities instead of people like Brad Will. Indulge in toxic, narcissistic garbage. While kids are getting killed, go into school, I'm heavy hearted. I watched Joaquin Oliver's dad paint a mural in Wynwood, Miami agony. Fueled his body and his brush strokes. It had me grieving and heaving for families that I never met. Never again, Parkland 17. There's no in between, no sidelines in this struggle. Active participation, no comfort, no bubble. I've got a son who's already been stopped and frisked. Not one time, but three times enough to keep me lit. Is this the way we groom children about grit? Exposing them to prison themes, paradigm shift? Study the works of Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, Cato, the younger, Renepictetus. Yep, I choose Stoics, Dharma punks, and street poets. Counterculture misfits with all their raw heroics. To never lose focus, I won't ingest a lotus. No complacency, acknowledge what you notice. To never lose focus, I won't ingest the lotus. No complacency, acknowledge what you notice. To never lose focus, I won't ingest the lotus. No complacency, acknowledge what you notice. You are not listening to Never Records. That was Helix C. Armageddon performing her poem, James Baldwin, recorded live at Never Records BAM on February 2nd, 2020. Watch the cadence and watch the sadist. I'm so glad to add this to the Never Records archive. When you consider this was two months before the uprising, unleashed by the killing of George Floyd, you realize that Helix's poetry possesses an uncanny prescience. She's a genius. Let me describe this next recording to you. We're running out of time, but I wanted to sneak one last performance on today's episode. It's by a singer from Queens named Allison G. I thought she'd be a great session to end with because her work is part of the acapella tradition of griot, traveling poetry and musicians, who pass down oral history through performance. When I heard her sing without accompaniment, I just assumed she couldn't find anyone to join her Never Record session. But she told me afterwards that she never sings with music, and I found the idea so provocative in this age of karaoke and talent competitions. Here is Allison G. performing her piece, Reason. When you're looking for a reason, but you just cannot seem to find the rhyme. When you hold your life inside your hands But you just can't seem to feel the time When the earth is quaking in your bones And the air is clouding up your mind 
When the sky feels gray, even when it's blue and you can't see the sun because you're blind, oh, you must be hurting, buried in your sorrow. So oh, you must be aching from the way into tomorrow. When life took the turn into a losing game And you don't know which way or how to move I'd been begging for a break from dirt I'd been trying to shake, trying to shimmy my way to a new groove I felt my heart start whispering in a different air But steady like the one I'd always known it's familiar, it's distilled, hanging low, it's cool, it's chilled, like the subtlety of a metronome. Oh, it's hurt, I'm hurting, buried in my sorrows. Oh, it felt me aching from the way into tomorrow. But I'd been craving every day for a new day now. Said I'm being tested to see how long my patience goes until I'm all taxed out. I got no time for play. I get no pay from time and cuts and time from lack of paper slices my peace of mind so i put my faith in progress hoping it pays me back and i'm killing them with kindness my heart is on attack cause it knows i'm craving buried in my sorrows oh it knows i'm begging for some sun in tomorrow Oh, it knows I'm craving Buried in my sorrows Oh, it knows I'm begging For the sun in tomorrow You are not listening to Never Records. That was Allison Goodnow with her piece entitled Reason, recorded live at Never Records BAM on January 29th, 2020. Allison's embrace of the a cappella tradition seems so contemporary to me, even though the griot tradition stretches back to the beginnings of human culture. I think it's the stripping of adornment or embellishment. It's like a church spiritual, a rabbinical chant, or a call to prayer. So much popular music is so overblown and unnecessarily orchestral that just just feels fresh like poetry thank you for listening to never records a heartfelt thanks to brooklyn poets halix and allison and a big hug to all the musicians and artists that make never records possible for more information pictures and video from today's session please visit neverrecords.net this show would not be heard if it weren't for scott morfitt and alex statlander of converge radio Never Records on the Airwaves with support 
from the UW-Eau Claire Foundation. You are not listening to Never Record.